tangent, to break off suddenly from a line or train of thought and pursue another course. Webster's. Comics Tangent Universe Podcast. This is episode 33 of the show, and if this is your first episode, I've got some bad news. Throughout the past 32 episodes of the show, we have been looking at the Tangent Universe-related books published by DC Comics, in which an all-star lineup of creators recreated the familiar and iconic characters of DC Comics using only their names as a starting point. These books began with a series of nine one-shots in 1997, and those were followed up with another nine books in 1998, and then a handful of appearances and cameos in the ensuing decade, leading up to a to an epic 12-issue maxi-series that saw the Tangent Universe collide with the DC Universe proper. And now, we've reached the end of the line. But before I go any further, let me explain the we in that statement, that being myself, Michael Bradley, and my affable and very patient co-host, Sean Engel. How are you hey, doing, Michael. Sean? I'm doing great, Michael. It's 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 good to get to talk to you, but it's also kind of sad to get to talk to you because yeah. this is going to be the last time we're going to have you know a regular conversation, <laughs> not only about uh, these comics, but you know kind of a regular conversation in general. So this is as as happy as I am that we're actually fulfilling our mandate of covering all the tangent comics mm-hmm. you know it's it's kind of uh it's kind of a mixed bag because you know this is this is it this is the end essentially so yeah. and it probably won't be the last time we ever have a conversation but no as definitely far as not the regular you know with the show goes yeah yeah we've got we've got things going on 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 both sides where there will be times when we'll be able to talk with each other but you know talking about the tangent comics right. this is essentially the end uh, unless you know, I know we talked with Dan Jurgens a while back that the uh, concept of tangent could, uh, you know, it's it's not a set in stone thing that it's gone. So, you know, there could be a possibility for maybe a one shot eventually mm-hmm. tangent coming back, which would be nice. But we'll keep our fingers crossed, regardless. Yeah. Knock on wood. Yep. I mean, we'll get into this later on in the show, but I, I hope it it does come back at at some point. I, I hate the idea that these concepts would just kind of linger and uh, go into the you know limbo is the word I'm looking for yeah you know, but uh, but before we get into that one thing that has been a big part of the show for both of us is feedback from people who listen to the show um, I think with exception of the earliest episodes that we recorded before the show launched 
I, I think we've had feedback to read in almost every episode. And now that we're turning out the lights, we wanted to clean out the mailbag. So do you want to take the first one, or do you want me? I'll go ahead and take the first okay. one. Do you want to go ahead and add to the iTunes review here? Yeah. Okay, uh, the first one comes in as an iTunes review, and this is from Mixmaster Mitch. Mixmaster Mitch, it came in on August the 4th. The subject of the uh, uh, iTunes review was a good listen. He says, the series I never knew existed, given a good showing and spiking my interest in an underrated series and will be sad when it finally ends. It was a five-star review. And thank you very much, Mixmaster Mitch. That's a very short, concise, and positive review. And thank you for doing iTunes reviews because even though the show is closing out, that does help, you know, get our sort of get our name out there. So yes. thank you very much. And for those of you who are listening to the show down the line, you know, don't hesitate to go give iTunes reviews because the show will still be on iTunes and the reviews and the ratings still matter. So thank Definitely. you to everyone who has done that and thank you, Mixmaster Mitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, oh wow, I should have gone first. I think on this one. <laughs> uh. Oh well, it's it's only proper, I guess, or only fair. Uh, but next up is an email from our friend down under, Matthew Apps, and this was sent on back on August thirteenth. So it's been a while, but we're we're playing catch up here, uh, and has, as has been, I guess, tradition on the show. We've been reading. Well, Sean's been reading Matthew's emails in a uh, perfect <laughs> Australian accent. Perfect. Uh, uh, faux. Um, improvised. <laughs> barely passable. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess I have to keep up the tradition. And- now, 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 I will say this. I, I was, you know, this will be coming out later, but uh, Matthew Epps, I did get a ch- chance to talk with him, and he said that you don't specifically have to read it in Australian accent, but he'd like you to at least get some of the uh, the highlighted words to say them in a sort of Australian accent. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give it the old college try for for queen and country. Is that Australia? I guess. Do they, do I they guess have a king so. and queen down there. What are they I'm have so, down there? I think they're. I think they're ruled by the British monarchy. I believe. Okay. I don't know. For for queen and country and Australia and kangaroos and Nicole Kidman and Nicole Kidman. I can go yes. with Nicole Kidman. All yes. right. All right. Subject contains Aussie slang. Dear Sean and Michael, good day. Just caught up with all your episodes. I kind of lapsed into British already with that, didn't I? That's fine. It, okay. You know, when, like I've said with Andrew Leyland, British, Irish, Scottish, Australian. It's all, it all the same. It's all the same yeah. over here. There's America, and then there's everyone else. That's exactly. all that really matters. <laughs> anyway, just caught up with all your episodes. Listening to three episodes in a row, numbers 25 through 27, and as always, I thought they were a ripper. Or in other words, awesome. Firstly, Struth, or boy or boy, Sean's Aussie accent in episode 25 was a real cracker, or made me laugh. Put another way, crikey. Don't think I need to explain that one. I thought it was brilliant, so no need to apologize, Sean. In fact, keep it up unless Michael wants to give it a go. No pressure. Well, too late for that, I guess. <laughs> also, the music Michael puts in, as well as the sound file from Superman 2 before 
between Zod and Lex is aces. Or excellent. Secondly, I, I can't keep I'm sorry, I can't keep <laughs> oh, You know, it's, it's don't strain uh, yourself, please. We've got the, the rest of the show to make it through. Yeah. Secondly, I thought Sean's way of referring to Bruce and Sir William by calling them Batman Red and Batman Blue was brilliant. It was an easy way to name the two and tell them apart quickly, and it reminded me of the Silver Age usage for Superman. Nice. Thirdly, nice catch Michael on page two of issue number eight of of Bloke, or Man, with the camera phone. Your attention to detail has always been impressive and was greatly appreciated when you covered Steel number 14 with me. Thanks again for that. Yes, I was on Matthew's show. Uh, He hosts a Steel podcast called uh, The Armored Hero Steel, which Sean's going to be on a forthcoming episode, as he just mentioned, but I was on... uh, It's been a couple years ago now at this point. Uh, But anyway, uh, Matt's email continues. Lastly, will you both be doing episodes covering the Convergence books for Tangent Characters... Oh, sorry. Covering the Convergence books the Tangent Characters appeared in. Again, no pressure. It's just that you both put out such a beaut, or great, show that I wanted to keep going. Anyway, thanks again, Matthew Apps. P.S. Hope the Aussie slang wasn't too confusing. Well, Matthew, I hope my Australian accent wasn't too insulting. <laughs> I'm certain if he was capable of enduring my Australian accent, what you did should, shouldn't uh, shouldn't uh, disenfranchise the Queen and Country. Or it might but, just put, push him over the edge. I don't know. That's true. Well, you know they are just a essentially a, a giant island of, uh, of what they were, convicts. Wasn't that the whole thing about Australia? <laughs> so, could I insult them anymore? <laughs> I don't think so. Now we love Australia. Please don't, yes. you know, you know, except for except for Mel Gibson. He's gone kind of crazy. Um, kind of crazy. Well, he's exceptionally crazy. <laughs> uh, well, Matthew, thanks you for writing in. Uh, uh, we kind of covered the Convergence books uh, just in general. Yeah, uh, we, we talked about them in a non-spoilery way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think if things were to come around and there was to be a specific tangent thing happen again in the DC comics maybe we'd go back and actually look at those books but for right now I think the way we covered them in the show was was effective enough we gave kind of an overview of what what happened with them yeah and plus it might be better you know if we do end up covering them or if, if there does end up being another tangent thing and we go back and cover them it might be better to look at them down the road rather than when they're fresh off the stands kind of gives some perspective definitely definitely but uh, we've got another email up here. This one comes from Gene Hendricks. This was sent in on August the 14th, and the subject of this email was Superman's Raid number nine. Uh, Gene writes in, Michael and Sean, it sounds like the story is picking back up, which is good. I think it just shows that there was some padding in the middle, intentional or not. This cliffhanger is one of the better ones in the series, especially since the loss of his Lois that supposedly drove the Superman over the edge. I'm curious to see how it'll be resolved. Okay, so Harvey didn't blow up the entire White House, but there still would be at least massive amounts of injuries, if not huge loss of life. And I think that's one of the things we commented on. Not to mention whatever happened to the sailors that were on the Navy ships, as Sean mentioned. If it was a carrier group, we're talking of thousands of people. Now onto the one thing that I didn't get at all. The members of the Justice League have contacts with Aquaman, yeah, he might have been dead. Mara, Dolphin, and Tempest, just to name the heroes, and through the entire Atlantean armed forces. So, obviously, they send Vixen. Wah, wah, wah. Can I, can I interrupt right now? Yes. 
I think I would have made more fun had they sent Dolphin. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. I, you know, and you know, I would have loved to have seen Mara as well, but just because it'd be all right. Yeah, Mara's, Mara's hot. Um, <laughs> Is Shag here? What what's going on? I'm sorry. Uh, you know, uh, you will find this out later. Uh, I also had a conversation recently with Shag. He uh, he came up to Oklahoma City, and we hung out for a while. Uh, they let got him coffee. in Oklahoma City? You know, Oklahoma isn't that. You know, we let Donald Trump come into Oklahoma City, so we'll let okay. anyone in. Enough said. Uh, anyway, Gene continues saying, now I like Bixen, especially with what they did with her on Justice League Unlimited, but was everyone else busy <laughs> talking about scraping the bottom of the barrel? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Especially when Power Girl could fly around the entire planet before Wix, before Vixen could swim from New York to the Bahamas. Aww. Poor Vixen. She gets no love. This, of course, comes from Gene Hendricks, the host of the Hammer Strikes podcast over at 2TrueFreaks.com. And he says, P.S. Sean, I think your reaction to the earthquake was great. It happens all the time around here. <laughs> Obviously, you're one cool customer. Well, unless people talk in the movie theater then you go ballistic oh yes uh yeah i i had a rant on one of the uh, two true freaks shows uh what we were we were covering uh the reboot of godzilla the 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 one that came out a couple of years ago and i was sitting i had paid to go see it in the imax theater so i paid a premium to go see it on the big screen in 3d and sitting right behind me was this couple of old ladies who were just talking throughout the entirety of the film and just is that godzilla there what are those people i just if you're going to see a movie don't have conversations in it but yeah well and gene in sean's defense earthquakes are you know acts of nature where people talking in movie theaters are just acts of yes (laughs) yes uh, those those people need to get trapped inside an earthquake yeah. if can I be talking in a theater <laughs> sorry uh, but next up is another email from Gene and this one came to us on August 28th in response to uh, uh, Superman's Reign number 10 and Gene writes Sean and Michael the Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom I mean the Injustice League now that's what I call a cliffhanger sounds like a cartoon waiting to happen all I can think of when I see Lola Dent's costume which I had to look up when you guys were talking about it, is this clip from MST3K. Look, look, look at my crotch. Look, look, look at my crotch. Look at my crotch. Look at my crotch. Look, look, look at my crotch. Look at my crotch. Uh, thank goodness for Mystery Science yes. Theater 3000. Oh, well, thank you for putting that in there, Gene. Yes. Uh, but Gene's email continues... This issue sounds like everything's firing on all cylinders. I think this lends weight to my theory that the series was padded out to 12 issues since we had a bit of a drag in the middle after a great opening and now gearing up to a great ending. As to the Fortress, this is one of the reasons I stopped reading new comics around this time. First, Clark and Lex suddenly knew each other as kids, directly contradicting Byrne, then they had to make everything like the Donner movies even though it was from a, even though it was from a different era. Originality? What's that, Gene? Yeah, I, I think I think it's kind of a 
aspect of Dan DiDio taking over his editorial and his idea to want to go back to those sort of iconic ideals of superheroes in bringing back the Barry Allen Flash and bringing back the Hal Jordan Green Lantern that he also thought going back to what would be the most recognized version of Superman, the uh, Richard Donner Superman, was the way to go. And whether or not that worked for good or ill is up to debate, but I think that was kind of the thought process that was going on at this time. Right. You know, give Superman's Fortress of Solitude that kind of look and take it back to the sort of feel of Superman from that era. And plus, Superman Returns had just come out in 2006. That's true. So, you know, it made, air quotes, sense to kind of bring mm-hmm. some of that into the comics. Yeah, especially since we didn't, you know, the concept at the time was going to be that Superman Returns would be the uh, sort of model for the next Superman movie if it were to come out. And, you know, Man of Steel wasn't really in people's minds and the sort of revamping of the the hero wouldn't be like that. But uh, we've got another uh, comment here. This one is a website comment on episode number 29, which was Superman's Reign number 10. And this one comes in from Matthew T. Cody. This one came in on September 3rd of this year. Uh, Matt writes, uh, great show. Although Mr. Freeze may be miffed that Sean called him Captain Cold. Oh, did I call him that? Mm. When naming the villains on the spectacular splash page, which finished the main story. I agreed with your comments about Brandon Routh. I was able to meet him and Dean Cain at Wizard World Des Moines this year, which was super. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, I guess that's a pun there. (laughs) I bought signed photos from each of them, which they personalized to my son, who was with me. Since since you asked if I'm a supervillain, I will say that I'm the tangent version of the heckler. Ooh. (laughs) If you get that interview with Dan Juergens, let him know that he has my permission to use my name if he should craft any more tangent tales. (laughs) We'll definitely let him know that. Michael, if you love the relatively geeky podcast network, why don't you marry it? Um, I, I think there. I think we'd have to go through Professor Allen to uh, to see if that. Yeah, would yeah. We, we we there's serious issues with that. Anyway, he says seriously, you should marry Emily. Then you could be part of it. That was me heckling my superpower. Well, uh, you did actually meet with Emily. I did, Professor Allen. Uh, yes. Unfortunately, there, I'm certain there wasn't any marriage proposals at the time. There was not. Well, there we you go. did, however, go look for cheap comics. Well, uh, that's that's so. the closest thing you can get to marriage between hey. people of you know comic viewing passion. So there you go. Anyway, he continues saying, I found the Convergence Justice League of America issues for half off at my local comic book shop. If you want me to cover it in more detail, that would give us two more episodes. I'm sorry, if you if you want to cover it in more detail, that would give us two more episodes of greatest. I'm just trying to stretch out the show's lifespan. You two make a great team, and I like hearing you together. Another idea is for you guys to add episodes in the Green Lantern's Light feed just to bring us to the beginning of Just One of the Guys. And speaking of just one of the guys, I'm trying to get issues covered therein and look forward to listening to it. I'm also loving Thrilling Adventures of Superman, but I stalled listening to that until I pick up Superman the Dailies, 1940-1941, since I like to read the stories first. There, I plugged your show so you wouldn't have to this episode. Thank you, Matthew. That's very nice. Yeah, now now I don't have to do – now I guess promos for our shows will be uh, thrown out the window and we don't have to do it. Yeah, we covered pretty much all of them. That's awesome. Although he did forget to mention – Legends of the Batman. Oh yes, well, and it's, the, you know, I've got the Vault and Doctor Who and yeah, I've got I've got tons of them over it. Yeah. 
uh, two true freaks. You just mentioned two true freaks, and you'll find something <laughs> on there over there. Uh, thank you for the comment, Matthew. We really appreciate it. Uh, next up is another website comment, and this one comes from Jay Dean, who wrote in on episode 28, which we covered Superman's reign number nine. But Jay Dean writes, Imagine my startled self when I'm listening to the podcast, hear Sean talk about earthquakes, and then suddenly the podcast starts playing Muzak. I thought my browser did one of its Houdini tricks on me before I saw it was still on the podcast link. I did laugh, but I'm honestly more glad that Sean's safe. And then she puts <laughs> ha-ha. So I don't know if she's laughing at the fact that he's safe or... <laughs> or, or hoping that I actually died and you know, was, was just uh, trying to console me. Oh, don't worry. You, you'll make it out. You almost died. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nelson. <laughs> uh, even if earthquakes are apparently just there for him, like me in hurricane season. Personally, I like Vixen. I'm not a big fan, but I don't mind her. But I always thought her presence in this series was weird. She's only in the one issue, and then doesn't even st- <laughs> and then doesn't even stay to help further or see how the rest of the league is when they come back. Here one second, and then poof, gone. It was a random insertion of a character, and I don't know why. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks it was a waste of an insertion. I was waiting for that comment. Uh, Aquaman <laughs> would actually have fit better if only for a possible Dr. Aquatus callback later. Yeah, uh, uh, and it, it's kind of sad. Everyone who comments on Vixen being in here is is trying to be as polite as they can about <laughs> Vixen being in the book without saying, you know, she's somewhat worthless. You know, Thankfully, I, I, we're here to pick up the slack. Yeah, so we're here to we're here to make sure that everyone knows that Vixen was not required in this book. Right. You know, Aquaman, any if, member if of nothing the, else, the legacy of the show is going <laughs> to be that we pointed out how worthless Vixen is. Well, I think I think it's maybe our undersea bias bias because you know, first of all, it's Vixen, and you know, we had the thing against the Sea Devils in the first part of the show, so maybe we just don't like the. Uh, the aquatic characters, except for Aquaman and his Aquaman's cool. But, uh, thank you, JD for writing in. Uh, we've got another email this time out. Uh, once again from Gene Hendricks, this came in on September 11th of this year. And the title is Superman's reign. Number 11, AKA the Epic battle of epicness, Michael and Sean, why am I hearing the music cue from the end of Best of Both Worlds when the ultra with the ultra humanite being released? Well, probably because it's that sort of epic stinger ending <laughs> that that only the music from Best of Both Worlds could you know, possibly you know display coming up. He says, I agree with both of you that the pacing of the series seems a bit off. After a few issues of Not Much Happens, we have one issue where things coming together and then we hit the 88 miles per hour all of a sudden. Would the story have benefited from the final reveal in this issue being having been done earlier? Probably, but then you would have the reaction of, this is the second to last issue and we had this huge fight, the stakes couldn't be higher, right? Oh crap. I know, that would make me want to pick up the final issue, Gene. Um, yeah, I think the one thing about the Superman's Reign story was pacing. There was that part in the middle where it did seem a little flabby and it did kind of rush to the end, but do you think the story could have contained a like a, a two a, a two issue fight sequence between the 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 Legion of Doom and Superman's forces, 
and all the superheroes. Two issues is a, a long time to do a fight scene. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a really... And not saying that, that Dan Jurgens is, is not a good writer, because he is, but you've got to really know how to write fight scenes to be able to sustain that for 40 pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it would have been... As much as we felt that the ending was kind of compressed, I don't know if, if they would have extended it out or decompressed it to two issues that if it would have worked any better we might have we might have felt the same sort of flabbiness that we did in the middle of the book if we got that at the ending during the fight sequence yeah uh i'm gonna show my pop culture ignorance here but when i google best of both worlds the first thing that comes up is a hannah montana song (laughs) is that what Uh he's talking about no, the, okay. actually, Best of Both Worlds is a an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, it's okay. in season three. Uh, if you've ever watched Star Trek, it's the it's probably one of the, the better known episodes. It's the one where Captain Picard is abducted by the Borg Collective, oh, okay. and and turned into Locutus, and they fight uh, the Battle of Wolf Three Five Nine, and uh, a, a bunch of Federation ships get destroyed, and it. it the the Enterprise rescues Picard in the second episode. It's 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 some of the best Star Trek out there. Well, that makes sense, and I'm not big up my Trek, which I know is like ten points off my nerd cred. So, well, no, I, the I do not hold people to account for not having, <laughs> you know, the, this idea that if you are a nerd, you have to be a nerd about everything. Yeah. You have to love Doctor Who. You have to love Star Trek. You have to love Star Wars. You have to love this. If you have one thing that you're focused in on and enjoy the most, you don't have to, you know, this whole sort of theory of general nerd relativity where you have to have knowledge of everything kind of befuddles me. Like what you like and, you know, at least be aware somewhat. I mean, once I mentioned it was part of Star Trek the Next Generation, you knew what was going on. Yeah, You've heard of the Borg. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the fact that you didn't have specific knowledge of it doesn't mean you're less of a nerd than anyone else. It just means that you're not into that era of Star Trek. And I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> Every, everyone, everyone enjoy what you like, and there you go. Very good points. Next up is a website comment on episode number 30, which was Superman's Reign number 11. And this is from, again, Matthew T. Cody, and it was posted on September 13th. And he writes, Great show. I have enjoyed your coverage of Tangent, Superman's Reign, and I was keeping pace with your show by reading each issue before listening to your excellent coverage. That's that's good to hear. Anyway. I believe Oracle is Madame Xanadu. I think the history lessons backup chapters were meant to serve as a springboard for the next tangent tale, which may have involved the Sea Devils and Wonder Woman taking on Guy, Ga- Guy Clayface Gardner in the tangent universe. Uh, well, if they ever do make more tangent stuff, no, no offense, Matthew, but I hope that is not the plot of the, the, the comic. <laughs> Uh, but Matthew continues, Don't shed any tears for Batman Red. I think his sacrifice was enough to atone for past transgressions, and Sir William can now leave Castle Bat as a mortal man. And, you know, that would have been a really good twist. Or not, not twist, but a good follow-up, like a, an epilogue or something to the story. 
yeah, if they would have had an epilogue, you know, with yeah. the tangent characters coming back to their universe and starting up and converging at Castle Bat and you see Sir William walk out and and be able to interact with people. Now, yeah, that that would be a nice little epilogue, you know, to kind of, you know, show that uh, Batman Red sacrifice actually meant something for the tangent universe. So, yeah, that'd be great. But, uh, yeah, um, sorry, Matthew, the uh, Sea Devils Wonder Woman guy gardener storyline let's let's hope you know as much as i love dan jerkins writing i don't know if even he could make that entertaining to me sadly maybe if he drew it if he drew it that'd be fine pictures that'd be fine i'd be more than willing to do that but after that we have another email and this is from laurel phillips uh this was uh, sent in on september 18th and the subject was tangent universe she writes in saying sean and michael I read the Ion series as it was coming out, and then the Superman's Reign trades from the library. I had never heard of the Tangent Universe and thought it was created solely for the build-up to Final Crisis. Then my friend gave me some issues from the original runs, and I realized my mistake. I'm not sure if it reflects badly on me as, or uh, I'm not sure if it reflects badly on me or on DC's marketing, but I suppose it doesn't really matter now. When the Tangent Green Lantern was introduced in Ion, I was intrigued by her ability, or rather the Lantern's ability, to either bring back the dead or cause people to swap universes. However, those issues had far too much exposition and seemed intended purely as setup for events outside the Ion book. I chalked up the story to being another strange little episode in a book full of them. My feeling about Superman's reign are mixed. The book started off, well, with, uh, such wildly inventive new versions of the characters. I like the costume designs and the fast-moving adventure feel of the comic, but as the series continued, I was disappointed that plot points were too easily solved. For example, finding Lola alive to aid the cause and the ease the team had in opening a portal back to the DCU. I also didn't like the ever-expanding cast. The emotional impact of the story became too watered down with so many characters to cover, and I wonder if sticking to the core group would have been more effective. I really dislike Tangent Superman bringing in supervillains. How would he possibly have time to gather them, much less get them to work together? Plus, Tangent Superman's powers were written to be so overwhelmingly vast, why does he need help from anybody? Do we really see do we really see if using his powers takes any kind of toll on him, either mentally or physically, before the end of the series? Do you want to pause there and address some of those questions? Yeah, let's go ahead. Um, I don't think we ever really saw Superman being taxed in any way, especially in his story or any of his other real appearances in the Tangent books. Uh, You've got to kind of assume, much like uh, our Superman, that he does have limits, that he is not just ultimate power, that eventually he will drain himself. But it did kind of seem... uh, a crutch to uh, allow them to finish off the story by having these multiple fronts attack him at certain times to try and make him waste all these powers. Right. Especially when he had been presented with a power level that he could monitor everything going on, you know, on, on two earths at one time and control the ultra humanite. And, you know, maybe that was just the point to, you know, keep pushing and keep pushing. But, it does, like you said, seem kind of like a crutch. Yeah, especially when we saw in the backup stories of him 
taking the fight to the ultra humanite on the moon when the ultra humanite was one of those characters that uh, that took the entirety of the tangent universe to take down so mm. her question about why um he would need help from anybody i saw that more as you know harvey harvey wanted to win i guess win people by um he he didn't really want to use like come in and just take over. He wanted to get people coming to his side. So I kind of read that as you know if he wins some people, then he can win more people and so on. And then it got to a point where he just had to take over. He he would he didn't have a problem with taking over if that's what it came to, but he didn't want to have to go that route. Yeah, I I can see that as well. He. It, it was sort of a latch, last ditch effort. Right. He had, he had tried to woo people over to his to his side, to his thoughts of uh, what would be best for this Earth, and since it wasn't working, as we saw with all the leaders that he had taken hostage, which doesn't seem like a good plan <laughs> if you're wanting to try and get people to you know come over to your way of thinking. You know, he just decided well. I'm going to have to win this one way or another, so I'll get these people on my side who want to, who have a grudge against these heroes and go from there. I will say, though, Laurel makes a good point about the ever-expanding cast, and it didn't really click until until I read it in the email. But I I understand Jurgen's desire to want to show as many of the Tangent characters and DC characters as possible. And, you know, you and I even, again, air quotes, complained about the lack of sea devils in Wonder Woman but at the same time maybe focusing more on a narrower set of characters could have made this story stronger mm-hmm. and I think we did comment uh, on the last issue that there were just like, like that two page splash of all the you know heroes going out yeah. there it was as epic as it was it was like how many people do we need to tell this story right so, but anyway, uh, Laurel continues the email saying, uh, the issues my friend passed to me from the original tangent runs were Batman, Joker's Wild, The Flash, and Superman. While I didn't care for the dark and confusing stories of Batman and Joker's Wild, oh, that's sad, I love the bright goofiness of The Flash. I definitely picked up on the Alicia Silverstone vibe and the Flash's, Flash's father's over-the-top gimmicks and in- inevitable failures did remind me of Wiley Coyote. To me, Nightwing's own plots were much easier to follow than The Flash. Uh, I thought the art in The Flash was fun, while The Flash's outfits were skimpy. They were not objectionable enough to ruin the book. Well, thankfully you didn't read that JLA tale. (sighs) Finally, while this... That's going to haunt you for the rest of your podcasting uh, life. Yes, uh, just the fact, you know, even if it is she has aged up, the fact that they're drawing what looks to be a teen girl and that kind of just... Yeah, not good. Um, she continues on saying, Finally, while the Superman issue contained another dark tale, it was ha- hauntingly thought-provoking. I reread it as soon as I finished and wished for more. And I, I agree with you. I thought that was a great tale. And Mark Miller, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a writer that you don't think – that you associate nowadays with more poppy sort of – not really – well, I don't know exactly. Not tales that are very heady. You know, Civil War, I guess, kind of thought-provoking, but thought-provoking in a way of just very 
basic, you know, one right. side against the other. This this version of Superman that he brought towards the story was a lot more, like I said, thought provoking and interesting than what we've seen him in recently. Yeah, it was Mark Miller back when he, before he became Mark Miller. Yes, all capitals, Mark right. Miller. Um, but she finishes up saying, I've enjoyed listening to your podcast. The Batman Red, Batman Blue monikers are hilarious. I can't believe that I actually said something hilarious, so there you go. You said, you're both very enthusiastic about the Tangent Universe, making me wonder if my own judgment on the books was a bit harsh. Thanks for an entertaining show, Laurel Phillips. Well, thank you, Laurel, for writing in. Laurel actually has been writing into the Just One of the Guys show. She actually picked it up, sadly, as... I was kind of finishing up the show, and she's actually uh, been writing in after you know I've finished up, and I communicated with her about some of the shows as cool. well. So uh, it's been great to hear from Laurel, and thank you for writing into this show. I'm glad that you're at least reevaluating the tangent books and giving me another look. Yeah, it was a very insightful email, so thank you. Uh, but next up is an email from Gene Hendricks, which came in on September 24th, and the subject is Superman's Reign number 12, or hit the road, Harvey. And Gene writes, Sean and Michael, now that just one of the guys has ended, at least I can hear Sean on parallel lines every other Thursday. Wait, there are only two episodes left? Damn it. Oh well, on with this issue. I agree with Sean that it would have been nice to reason with Harvey, but they did try that a few points and it didn't work. We're now at the very end and there's really no choice but to fight. Besides, if they beat him with Twinkies or Fruit Pies, it would have been a huge letdown. No, that would have been absolutely say. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want to see a Hostess Fruit Pie ad with the Tangent characters now. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that I miss. Uh, <laughs> those Hostess Fruit Pie ads were fun. Uh, going on a tangent which wah, is appropriate wah. for this. Uh, there and was I'm, actually... As a quick aside, I'm really surprised we haven't made that pun more in the past sat, 33 episodes. Sat, well, I think it just shows some of our professionalism that we don't <laughs> feel that we need to drop ourselves down to that level. But it's the end of the show. Hell, we'll go out on a low note. <laughs> <laughs> but there was an issue of, I want to say, like a Green Lantern Secret Files and Origins that had a couple of introductory things that were sort of light, sort of akin to the uh, Hostess Fruit Pie ads, which featured like the Golden Age Green Lantern and then Hal Jordan and then uh, Kyle and Wally. And I would love to see something like that with the uh, Tangent characters yeah. as well. That'd be fun. I'm sure the Sea Devils are, are big, big fans of the Twinkies. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm sure Twinkies are pretty popular in the Tangent Universe, because they are guaranteed to survive through nuclear explosions. That's true. So, so that's you know that's a complete uh, reason why uh, why they should be the uh, <laughs> sponsored snack cake of the Tangent Universe. Uh, but Gene's uh, email continues. I'm wondering if Jurgens was going for a Flowers for Algernon vibe with Harvey not wanting to become human again. It sounds like he's terrified of ending up like Charlie in the story back to, quote, normal, unquote, but knowing what he once was. While the ending did sound rushed, I liked that the Tangent Universe was giving a, given a good send-off. It was a setup so that we can assume they lived happily ever after, and that's a nice way to wrap it up. Speaking of wrapping up, I want to thank you both again for doing this show. I've really enjoyed hearing you talk about these books, even though I had no other experience with them. Well, thank you, Gene. And yeah, thank you, Gene, for writing in, you know, 
almost every episode. I, I really have appreciated hearing from you. Yeah, Gene's been a consistent writer to uh, the Tangent show and a lot of other shows that we've done. And yeah. it's, it's always great to get feedback from him. And I never would have uh, taken into account the idea that Superman and uh, you know the sort of idea when Doctor Psycho. Uh, gave him that image of his powers being taken away. That's sort of working a sort of flowers for Algernon vibe. That's very interesting. I never would have thought about that. So good call on that, Gene. Yeah. And like I said in, in episode 32, 31, whatever yeah. episode that was, um, I, I feel like that little nugget we got there, it was just a panel or two, but I feel like that could have opened an avenue for a much bigger part of the story, if not, you know, an entire issue by itself, kind of getting into Harvey's psychology and, and exactly what he's thinking. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, moving on, we've got some uh, other website comments. This is from episode 32, the Dan Jurgens interview, and this comes from Dave McElvaney. Uh, this came in on October 8th, and he says, a most excellent episode. It was wonderful to hear from Dan Jerkins himself about the creation and development of the Tangent characters. I wish his idea of a continuing Tangent series, eventually leading up to team-ups between, say, the Justice League and a Tangent group of heroes, a la the old JSA-JLA team-ups in the Silver and Bronzes ages, Silver and Bronze ages, had come to pass. I'm looking forward to your feedback and farewell episode, and I hope, since no idea ever goes away completely in the comics universe, that if the Tangent Earth-9 characters are ever revived in a significant way, this podcast farewell need not be permanent. Thank you, Michael and Sean. Thank and, you, Dave. Yeah, thank you. I wouldn't be opposed if the Tangent characters were to come back in yeah. some sort of, even if it were a miniseries or, uh, you know, it you know, even think about it in an ongoing that we might come back and uh, cover these sometime eventually. Definitely, definitely. But uh, I've had I've had a lot of fun doing this, not only uh, because of the comics, but also working with you, Michael. So yeah, I'd be I wouldn't be opposed to that in any way, shape, or form. Yep, it's all up to DC though. So write Great. DC and tell them that you want more parallel lines. I mean, you want to see more tangent books, and maybe that'll happen. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but next up is a website comment on episode number 30, which was Superman's Reign number 11. And this comes from Jadeen again, and it was posted on October 11th. And she writes, in regards to Wes Craig's oh, – let me, let me preface this before I get into her comment. Uh, Jadeen had written in on a previous episode and said that she had seen some sketches on Wes Craig's blog uh, where, that he had done, like preliminary work of, for, for his – issues of Superman's reign and we had responded that we would kind of like to see those so that's what you need to know here but she writes in regards to Wes Craig's blog this is where I managed to get these Superman and Flash sketches and she posts a URL which unfortunately is no longer active because Craig has shut his blog down uh, but she writes they're the only ones I saved with credit because I'd bookmarked the link to the post about Leah to visit the rest later calmly and it closed in the meantime so I never got the others he did. But here's Superman, and then she gives us a link, and Leah's, along with the quote, and then she posts a link to the uh, the Flash sketch. Here's the Tangent Universe version of, and this is a quote from Wes Craig. Here's the Tangent Universe version of the Flash. One of my favorites to draw because, basically, she's like a pixie-type character, and I love to draw that kind of fantasy archetype. The more I can relate a superhero back to these basic types found in mythology and folklore, 
like Superman is part of the line of Samson and Hercules, for example, the more I tend to connect with them, unquote. See, I never realized that until I wrote it just now. I knew this blogging stuff was good for something. <laughs> and like, and I like the discussion slash feedback in the podcast. It's one of the very few where I can feel I can say my opinions, but have a fulfilling reply from you guys, whether I agree or not. Then again, it's very easy to remain civil when talking about the small fandom that is Tangent Comics. But I'm glad you don't mind some of my ramblings. <laughs> this issue has one of my favorite Leah scenes in the entire series, showing that Dr. Psycho that you can't be creepy with, with her without consequences. Besides the absolutely adorable scene of Black Lightning basically offering Leah a place to stay with his two daughters. That just made me sadder because I was like, I know this is never going to happen, DC. Why do you do this? That would have been cute, though. Seriously. In general, I more or less agree with the points you brought up here, especially about the rushed slash cramped action. To me, it really lessened some of the impact it should have had, it should have had as well as maybe parts in issue number 12. At the same time, issue 11 felt like the right issue to start the fight, as it were. So, the stupidest thing about Clayface McGee is the history backups <laughs> is that in the main series, he's never mentioned. Not even a passing comment. It's pretty much assumed to be, quote, well, oops, look at what the Tangent Heroes will have to deal with when they come back, unquote. Wah, 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 ugh. Tangent Guy Gardner, and it had to be this. Yeah, uh, I, I can agree with you with the uh, the backup strips. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we – I don't think we mentioned it to, uh, when we were interviewing Dan Jurgens how we would have enjoyed it if it would have been more along the lines of who's who entries for it. But I think he I think he made a good case for having a sort of story to sort of get people back into the tangent line mm-hmm. considering it had been over a decade since these characters had been published they kind of needed a backstory for these characters. So they had kind of an idea of what their motivations were. And, uh, you know, up until the end, I think it was working fine. And it was just the ending that kind of let us down with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree that they needed some kind of explanation of who these characters were separate from the main story itself. Just maybe the format could have been a little different, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. and, And like I said, it wasn't, awful was just you know kind of a missed opportunity on the end right but we have another website comment from jd this one's on episode 31 or superman's reign number 12 uh this came in on october the 11th and uh jd writes in oh man i'm already feeling empty at the thought of this podcast ending oh good things must always come to an end but this podcast was a little light uh-huh. in the usually forgotten in a basement tangent comicspedia official or fan produced and it made me happy the minute i found it it was so awesome to find two people who wanted to talk about one of my favorite lines ever and who were open-minded and critical without being unnecessary unnecessarily negative e.g it sucks without reasoning well you know i think i think we were I think we've been fair on this. Yes. We've, we've said what we've liked and what we've disliked. We have praised the things that we've really enjoyed. And even the things that we haven't enjoyed, you know, Sea Devils and Wonder Woman, we've been able to find some merit in them. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd like to sort of take that tack in all the things I do podcast-wise. Yeah. Even if things I outright dislike – I'm not going to completely ignore things that are good about parts of them. So I'm yeah. glad we're able to do that. 
I, I think that just makes for better podcasting. You know, whether you like something or dislike something, if if you know, I, I've always tried to to explain why I feel the way I do. I'm, I'm not saying I've always been successful, but you know, I, I always try to explain why because just saying something is great or sucks, that's not at all helpful to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's and and of course your opinions are your opinions. You can right. You can have opinions that are are different from other people, but if you're unable to explain why you have these opinions, it just kind of diminishes the fact that you have them. Right. You know, say if you think something sucks, tell them why you think it is, and if it's an accurate description of why, then it makes more sense on it. But enough rambling about that. Um, Jadine uh, continues on saying, it made for an entertaining listing, and I am going to miss it. She says, and uh, you know, all the jokes about Matt Ben's expense as well. (laughs) Well, not in sarcasm in case tone was unclear. She says, as for Sir William's Batman armor, the way it was explained in the original comment is that he controlled the armor, but his own soul was in the castle, stuck as punishment, remember? So while in rain is written as if Sir William died, technically speaking, it could go either way. Either he really died, since his extremely selfless act was enough to give his soul peace at last in the afterlife, or the vessel in the armor died because Sir William just couldn't manifest enough power, but he himself is still alive and stuck in Castle Bad. This is one of the nagging holes the story had, but at the same time, these two interpretations, in my humble opinion, ring true however you wish to read the scene. And I could buy that. That's that's an out of either way that Sir Williams could have either gone on to his just reward or could be back in Castle Bat when the Tangent Heroes come home. Mm-hmm. And Matthew has now added to my headcanon about the you know sacrifice being atonement for all his sins. So that's that's part of the story as far as I'm concerned now. That works for me. <laughs> she finished up saying, also, Jamal Igel would have been should have been the main single artist. Mm. Comic companies are so inconsistent nowadays that for some reason they are never able to keep one artist on a maxi series anymore. Maybe it's just the dust from that money that they get from their awful titles has addled their brains. I don't know. Um, I will say I would have loved to have seen Jamal Igel as the main artist with that, but Dan specifically said that there were problems uh, you know, with keeping one consistent artist, and he would have liked the same thing, but sometimes you just can't have that happen, right. unfortunately. Right. And we had four artists for that series. Three of them were decent. Mm-hmm. The other was not really to my taste, but you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say, and I, I, I think we're both talking about. We might as well mention it, Wes Craig. Even though we felt he was the lesser of the artist, I don't think his art was so egregious that it completely ruined the book. It just wasn't as good as the other artists. So, again, this is us sort of damning with faint praise, I guess. (laughs) It could have been worse. That's true. (laughs) Uh, But the last piece of feedback we have for this episode is another website comment from Jadine. And this one comes on episode 32, which was the Dan Jurgens interview, and it was posted on October 11th. And I'm not really sure how to read this original, this first paragraph. Um, it's basically a big, long uh, squeal of glee that we interviewed Dan Jurgens, who she refers to as the Papa of Tangent. And then she continues, I'm so flabbergasted and happy that I, 
I have nothing long to say. And I'm also torn and mad that his plans for tangent, bi-monthly, more issues never came to fruition. And then she says, falls down to ground and raises fist to sky with an episode 3 Darth Vader whale at Darth Vader-esque whale of no. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> but oh my god, all the tidbits he said here, like about the Doom Patrol status, are so juicy. It's TMZ level for me. It makes me happy that he's still so open to the idea of working with Tangent and hopeful that DC will use Earth-9 for more stuff. Like most creators, sometimes don't want to look back on certain things from their past, and the way Dan Jurgens talks about Tangent is so, so opposite about, about it that it just it's so nice to me as a fan. Thank you guys for all this. So, so terrific, though bittersweet. This has made the rest of my year, possibly. Well, J.D., thank you. We're, we're glad that we were able to produce a show that you enjoyed. Yes. Um, we're glad that we got this interview with Dan Jerkins. It was really fun. Uh, we're glad that we that some of the things that we talked about in the interview uh, excited you to the point where you all capped uh, a scream in one of your <laughs> comments. That was wonderful. You know, and uh, I agree with you. The idea of a, a bi-monthly tangent comic, you know, with the sort of sort of anthology feel with three tales from different characters of the tangent universe would would really be nice. But you know, I I think I think this this could happen. We're seeing right now. Dan Jurgens came out with the uh, Superman, Lois, and Clark book mm-hmm. that he talked about in the interview that uh, a lot of people have been reading and saying this feels more like Superman than the current Superman in the DC New 52 so maybe if DC is willing to publish stuff like this there is the possibility of DC willing to publish stuff like Tangent as well yep. uh, it, it'd be nice but we'll we'll have to see and I, I will say as someone who was you know buying and reading comics when it happened when the Superman's Reign maxi series was announced, that kind of came out of the blue. I wasn't expecting that because at that point it had been a decade since this. I mean, the characters had made some minor appearances, but it had been a decade since that second wave of books. So you, you never know when the stuff is going to come back. But right now, nothing on the radar. But you just you just never really know. So yeah. But that is the end of the the mail sack. So thank you everybody who's written in. Not just the stuff we read this episode, but throughout the course of the entire run of the show here. It's, it's been really, really great hearing from everybody, and I think I can speak for Sean when I say that we really, really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, so right now we're going to take a quick break, plug in a couple promos and maybe something a little extra, and then we'll be back for some final thoughts and our final goodbyes, I guess. Why do you think superheroes are so important? People need heroes because they need somebody to inspire them, something to aim for, somebody to try to be like. One is the man of tomorrow, with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. The other, the caped crusader carrying out a solemn vow to spend his life warring on all criminals. For seven decades, they've been the world's finest heroes. They've teamed on radio, comics, newspapers, animation, and more. And now, they're teaming up for a podcast. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Up! 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 
Atomic battery is Superman and Batman celebrates more than 70 years of the world's finest team with randomly chosen stories featuring the Man of Steel and the Dark Knight. Superman and Batman, featuring your two favorite heroes in one podcast together. Find it today at greatcrypton.com. Bradley, a name that could be both a first name or a last name. Ingle, what the is an Ingle? Tangent, a phenomenon that occurs multiple times on every podcast, ever. I'm waking up in Cheeto dust, my belly's covered with pizza crust, I'm using my inhaler now. Comics Tangent Universe Podcast. Find it bi-weekly on iTunes or at greatcrypton.com. In the Tangent Universe, the Atom looks like Superman and the Flash is a teenage girl in a skin-tight outfit. It's time for some thrilling heroics. A brand new podcast on twotruefreaks.com. Keep flying. A Firefly Podcast. We aim to do the impossible, cover every episode of Joss Whedon's science fiction space opera western, and that makes us mighty. We found as fine a crew as ever populated the podcasting verse. I told them I had a job, they said yes. Didn't much care what it was. So join me, Andrew Leyland. I fought for the independence. May have been the losing side, not so sure it was the wrong one. I'm joined by a man too pretty to die, Mr. Paul Spataro. And last, but by no means least, a man with a mighty fine hat, Mr. Sean Engel. So join us on TutuFreaks.com for Keep Flying, a Firefly podcast. We aim to misbehave. Okay, and we're back. And I hope you enjoyed that uh, last promo there. That's something that uh, will be coming up here in a little while. Um, if you've been listening to the other show that I've been on uh, over at Two True Freaks, Listen to the Prophets, Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, and myself have been covering uh, the TV series Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And Andy just got kind of a wild thought in her head because one of the running gags on the show was after we finished up doing Deep Space Nine, we would cover another show after that, and we kept adding to it. We said, you know, we're going to cover Airwolf and Magnum P.I. and, you know, uh, McMillan and Wife and whatever else, you know, random and ridiculous we could come up. Sequest, DSV. Oh, we that's we're going to have to add that to the list, you know. <laughs> 2072, we'll be covering Sequest, DSV. Looking forward to it. 
But um, essentially, Andy came up with the idea of covering Firefly simply because it's a short-run show, sadly. Uh, we're all... Well, and we all come from it from different sort of aspects. Andy is a big fan of all things Joss Whedon. I'm temperamental with Joss Whedon, to say the least. <laughs> there are some things I like of his and some things I dislike. And Paul has never seen the show. So it makes for a really interesting conversation for all of us sitting down and watching the show. And that's going to happen, I think. I think it's planned on dropping around the beginning of the new year. I think cool. we've got it scheduled to come out on the 31st and it'll sort of go in the sort of holding era quotes up to the microphone time slot that Hey Kids Comics was supposed to come out. So I look forward to that coming up here in a couple of months. I'm really looking forward to it. I watched Firefly when it aired originally. And well, and- heartbroken when they canceled it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, 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 and no, no real spoilers here, but I think all of us are enjoying the show uh, to to varying different degrees. Uh, I think we all have very differing differing opinions on it, but mm-hmm. I think I think it'll be an interesting uh, look at the show. And we're we're covering it rather in release episode. We're covering it on the DVD release, okay. so it's actually going to make sense rather than being covered. <laughs> completely out of out right. of the way it was supposed to be done so oh, good so everyone be sure to check out keep flying a firefly podcast because it's going to be really good and it's going to be worth listening to so let's hope so <laughs> uh so getting back to tangent do we have any final thoughts on the, the tangent universe or the books we covered well you know i i just like to say you know first of all thank you for for cluing me in on this, uh, as I mentioned at the sort of beginning of the show, when I first saw the tangent books, I was kind of confused as to what they are actually supposed to be. I thought they might be some sort of offshoot sort of attempt at capturing this manga type style. You know, when I saw essentially the power girl look and everything, and you clued me in to them being this really interesting take on adapting characters from the DC universe in a, an entirely new universe of, of itself and the whole the whole I, the whole concept of this brand new universe with its brand new timeline and everything was just so fascinating and so well done that it it's become one of my favorite reads over the past year and like I said I I'm I've just really enjoyed getting the chance to uh, cover all these books well, thank you for doing it with me. It started out as me suggesting you read, you know, the one book, and then that turned into let's podcast about four books that you've never read, and then that became let's do a show about eighteen books, and then thirty-two books, and you never blinked, despite the fact that you had never read any of them, and it, this quickly became something I really looked forward to doing every couple of weeks. And just as a peek behind the curtain for the folks out there listening. We recorded the past couple uh, issue episodes and the Jurgens interview in pretty quick succession back in August because of some of the stuff going on in my life. So it's been almost two months since we've recorded together, and I've already been missing getting, you know, being able to sit down with Sean and, and record. And uh, so thank you very much, Sean, for you know going out on a limb with me and and doing this. It's just been, it's been a whole lot of fun. Yeah, well, the 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 feelings mutual, Michael. It, it has been. You know, I, I get to record with 
other people in shows and but none what of them are as cool as me that is true <laughs> I'm, Sorry, I'm, certain, I'm certain. I'm certain. I'm certain. Once, once Andy and Mike, or once Andy and Paul find out about that, they'll they'll harangue me for that for no reason. But no, it's actually been really great. One of the things that I've enjoyed about podcasting is the community, yes. and it's regardless of who I've podcasted with, everyone I've been able to talk to in the podcasting community has has expanded my love for the comics medium has expanded my love for actually just getting out. And it's, it's great to find out that there are so many people out there who share the same sort of, uh, fandoms that I do. And, uh, it's, it's always great to get to talk to people. And I, I agree. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of disappointing that we haven't gotten a chance to talk for, you know, almost a couple of months since the last time we did this. So, and, you know, I know we're going to have interactions you know, here in the future, definitely, if there is tangent stuff that ever comes up, I'm certain we'll find a way to get to talk about that. But this has just been a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. And I realize that this show, it's not really the achievement of other podcasts that have recently ended, like Hey Kids Comics or what was that one about Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner, just um, another guy something? Yeah. Two guys in a pizza place or something. Two guys in a pizza place. Yeah, I think that was yeah, it, actually. That was it, yeah. Uh, but, you know, 33 episodes isn't any kind of huge thing. But there there are a few people that I kind of wanted to give some thanks and shout-outs to before we wrapped up. All right. Uh, first, Ryan Hughes and Dan Jurgens. I really doubt they're listening to the show, but I really appreciated these two guys taking time out of what I'm sure are extremely busy schedules to talk to a couple of nerds about a project that they worked on two decades ago. Um, I wish we could have spent more time with each of them because they've both worked on a lot of other things that I would have enjoyed picking their brains on, but it was really great. And I feel very fortunate to have been able to get some insight, um, especially from Dan Jurgens, who is a creator that I greatly respect and greatly enjoy uh, about the tangent books. So, Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to give a shout-out to Charlie Niemeyer. One of the real-world things that happened during the show's run was the completely unrelated release of Weird Al Yankovic's latest latest album, which included a spoof of our theme song. And, and just as a side note, thank you, Imagine Dragons, for not suing us for using your song in the show. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Charlie took that uh, Weird, Al, Weird Al song and made a spoof of our promo, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, I released it on the feed several months ago, and then I included it earlier in this episode so that everyone could hear it if they missed that on the feed. But it was just really fun, and I thank you, Charlie, for you know thinking of us and making that for us because I, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, Charlie's, you know, Charlie's not in the podcasting business right now. He's very busy doing family things. Yeah. But uh, Superman of the Bronze Age was a great show, and I know he worked a lot with you when he was doing Thrilling Adventures. Uh-huh. So he's a huge Superman fan, and for him to come in and do that really awesome promo and take the Weird Al song, and thank you Weird Al for not suing us either for <laughs> using that. Yes. But uh, that was just that was just great, you know, to know that we have good friends like Charlie out there who are willing to mix up new versions of our trailers was just was just phenomenal. And last but not least, just thank you to everyone who listened and wrote in. 
whether it was an email or a website comment or a Facebook message or a shout out on another podcast or just you know a comment in passing when we were talking about something else. It really makes me happy that there were so many people who enjoyed the show, so many people who took a chance on the show. And again, the show wasn't a big achievement. It's only 33 episodes. You could listen to it in like a day and a half. But, you know, would would sacrifice an hour of their time every couple of weeks to listen to two guys talk about books that maybe they hadn't even read. Uh, you know, I, I podcast about comics because I like comics and I like talking about comics. But knowing that there are people who enjoyed hearing us yammer on is nice to know. And we had some really loyal listeners and friends of the show, and we've made more friends doing this show. There were people who, like Clockwork, wrote in for just about each episode. So thanks for making the show what it was with that. And even if you didn't write in, because I don't want to discount the folks who, who listened but didn't write or just wrote in a, a time or two, you know, because just getting a couple emails is great too. But just anybody who wrote in and listened, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. I. I Podcasting uh, has been said to be a very lonely business. Yeah. You know, even if there's, you know, even if it's like us, Michael and myself conversing, it's just us talking into a microphone and then putting it out on the internet. And feedback is always the most wonderful thing that we can get. And we've had some really great people send in feedback, and we appreciate everyone who's done that. We appreciate everyone who's listened. It's it's an absolute joy. To know that this little thing that we're doing, talking about comic books from you know almost 15 years ago, close to 20 years ago now, is actually giving people some enjoyment out there. And thank you all for for listening and writing in. It's it it really makes us feel very humble. Definitely. Hey, Sean. Yeah. You know what time it is? Tell me what time it is. It's the end of the show. Oh. Why don't we tell the folks one last time where they can find us if they aren't tired of hearing us talk about comics or whatever else we talk about. Okay, well, uh, do you want me to get all my stuff out of yeah, the way? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm over at uh, Two True Freaks most of the time. Uh, I can be found on shows such as Listen to the Prophets, which is a show about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Obviously, uh, it's coming soon will be the aforementioned Keep Flying show, which is about Firefly. Uh, once it comes back, I'll be doing Walking Dead Wednesday with uh, uh uh, Chris Honeywell and Dr. Bill Robinson. I do The Vault of Starling Monster Horror Tales of Terror uh, with uh, Luke Giaconetti, Jason Giaconetti, the hair metal hero Chris Tyler, and Chris Honeywell as well, which covers horror movies. And I also do Who True Freaks, which is a Doctor Who podcast because God knows there's not enough Doctor Who podcast on the internet. And all, like I said, all of those can be found over at Two True Freaks. Go check them out. It's a great website with a great bunch of people on there. Between just one of the guys and this show ending, I feel like people think you're going to have a lot more time on your hands, but <laughs> you're still podcasting a lot, so yeah. maybe not. Yeah, surprisingly enough, you know, I thought, oh, just one of the guys <laughs> sending, this is sending, I'm going to be able to do so much more. Uh, surprisingly enough, and I don't know why, people still keep calling me up like, hey, would you like to guest on my show? Uh, would you like <laughs> to come in and do this? Ah, uh, it never ends. <laughs> Uh, but as for me, currently my only podcasting project is Superman and Batman, a podcast where I talk about – wait for it – Superman and Batman. It's currently on a monthly schedule and probably will remain so until at least the first of the year, but 
a good destination for anything I've got going online at any time is greatcrypton.com. Uh, that's my personal website, and there you'll find links to all my podcasts, and past and present, the occasional blog post, and when I remember to do it, links to other podcasts that I make occasional guest appearances on and or just find really interesting or noteworthy. Um, as for this show, the Facebook and email address for this show, which is tangent at greatcrypton.com, are both going to remain, remain active for the foreseeable future. So if you are someone who found the show down the road, well, first of all, I'm glad to see the apocalypse hasn't happened. But <laughs> second of all, be sure to keep writing in because we'd love to hear from you. Even if, you know, if you're listening to this in 2017, just found the show, want to talk to us, write in because we, we would love to hear from you then too. And like the Facebook page because if we hear about any tangent-related sightings or news or maybe when DC announces a, a new series, we'll be sure to post about it there. And like we said, if Tangent ever or if DC ever does decide to do another Tangent miniseries or, you know, God willing, an ongoing, we aren't opposed to getting the band back together. So, not at all. We'd I'd, I'd absolutely love to be able to podcast with you on a regular basis again, Michael. But Sean, I, I think that does it. So, everyone out there, thank you again very much for listening. Sean, my, my friend, thank you again, and we will see you all in the comics. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. just finished listening to Parallel Lines, the DC Comics Tangent Universe podcast, hosted by me, Michael Bradley, and me, Sean Ingle. The show can be downloaded from a variety of places, most notably Michael's website, greatcrypton.com, where you can find show notes, cover images, and a section for leaving comments about the episodes. It also can be found on iTunes by searching for Parallel Lines. And if you happen to use iTunes, please take some time out to leave a review maybe even a five-star one. Every review helps more people find out about the show. The show is also on Facebook, where you can like us and get updates when new shows are posted. Plus, images, plot elements, and general discussion about the books can be found there as well. Want to send feedback about the episode? Send us an email at tangent at greatcrypton.com. All feedback is warmly welcomed, and we will definitely read your comments on the show. When Michael and I aren't doing shows about alternate DC Comics history, we're busy doing tons of other geeky stuff on the internet. For instance, Michael does a podcast about Superman and Batman team-ups, cleverly titled Superman and Batman. And Sean hosts a number of podcasts, including Just One of the Guys, Walking Dead Wednesday, The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, Listen to the Prophets, and Who True Freaks. And all of these shows can be found over at twotruefreaks.com. Speaking of two true freaks, if you ever feel like making a purchase from Amazon.com, please use the Amazon link at twotruefreaks.com. After clicking the link, any purchase you make at Amazon will shoot a percentage of money back to the Two True Freaks website. 
It won't cost you anything extra, but it really helps out a great bunch of podcasters. Thanks for downloading and listening, and come back next time for another episode of Parallel Lines, the DC Comics Tangent Universe podcast. Because in the Tangent Universe, you only know the names. everybody, Michael here. Just checking in one last time before we close out the episode. Sorry, you're not rid of us quite yet. Uh, just wanted to throw in a little bit of a bonus for you folks for being so patient and so supportive of the show. What you're about to hear are some outtakes from before and after Sean's and my interview with the legendary Dan Jurgens. Um, some might call it a DVD extra. Some might call it 10 minutes of Sean and I just geeking out about talking to a, a writer slash artist who creatively means a whole lot to both of us in our comic book reading history. So once again, thank you very much for listening and enjoy. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, like I said, I know Mike Bailey has done interviews with Dan Jurgens and Shag and Rob did interviews with him. So he seems like a pretty amiable person. It shouldn't yeah. be shouldn't be anything too terrifying. But you know, just the fact that we're talking to you Dan Jurgens, Dan Jurgens, he's he, he's one of the biggest. You know, he, he he's. He, I'm not saying he's like Stanley or Jack Kirby. But he's up there. Yeah. He's in the top tier. I mean, creation-wise, yeah. And for me, coming into being a, a regular comics reader when I did, you know, with, with the funeral for a friend and Reign of the Superman, Dan Jurgens was the man. Mm-hmm. And then he did the Zero Hour crossover right after, which was my first big intercompany crossover, you know. So. Yeah, then, you know, pretty much did layouts and the story for all that. and Yeah. You know, but he, he touched on every aspect of the DC universe, and I thought, you know, I, I remember reading Zero Hour when it came out, and I was like, "Wow, this is really impressive." You know, the, who are all of these people? I, and, and prior to this, I had not, and at the time, I had not read Crisis. I, I knew about it. I yeah. So, this was my first big, you know, expansive look at the DC universe. So. It was really cool for me as well, but I'm certain it'll all work out good. Oh, what time is it? One thirty-six. Yeah. Uh, We're all sitting here. Is he gonna? Uh, I mean, he's gonna call, isn't he? Please let him call. Uh, Surely he will. I mean, he's gotten back to us every time, and. Mm-hmm. We're just being we're just being ultra paranoid right now. It's like, oh, he's not going to let us know. He's not going to stand us up. It's not like high school all over again. <laughs> With Julie Chase, she never called. <laughs> Sorry.
shouldn't be bringing up those those horrible memories that you have no connection to, Michael. I have my own horrible memories. It's okay. <laughs> I read comic books. It goes into the territory. Uh. With your experience in Golden Age and Schuster and Siegel developing the character. That'll be cool. Somebody just popped on. Oh, dance online. Send him an IM, see if he's... falls over the crowd. <laughs> and I am recording a backup just in case. In Good. fact, let me... Because uh, you know, it, it, the one time we needed to record, one time that would fail would be now. Let me make sure. Yes, Eight, three. Yes, it is recording. So I've got a backup going. Also fascinating. We we need to put this at the end of the show. <laughs> Just five minutes of awkward five minutes silence. of going. Uh, I wonder if he's is he typing now? Did he accept my friend request? <laughs> Did you message him? Uh, no, I I don't have his I don't have his contacts yet. Oh, I don't have his contact. Do you have him his contact? Yeah, he yeah he popped up I never got a thing that said he has accepted your friend request but he's in my contact list now it says Dan Jurgens online okay weird let me uh yeah send, send him yeah I've, I, I'm seeing him here but I don't see him online I've sent him a, I've sent a contact request type in and say you know if he's you know ready to go because I've got I've sent him a contact request but it's still got the question mark on his icon right. see I didn't see him pop up so. I'm typing him I'm a poor typist trust me I never took typing in school I'm lucky that I can function at all if it weren't for Google and or Chrome and it's spell correct my, my posts would be the spellings and everything. Oh, he's typing. I see gray dots. Sounds good. Let's start. Okay. Okay. How do I add him to the call? Uh, let's see. Get to the thing. There should be the plus button there. If you uh, look up on, on your screen, there should be the phone, the plus button, the hang up. Okay. Yeah, add people and just go scroll down to Dan Jurgens. Click on him and add. You're so smart. Okay, I'm hitting add. There we go. Hello. 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 How's it going, guys? Real hey. Good. Very well. My name's Sean, and obviously the other guys, Michael. We're Hello. glad to have you on. Okay. Very good. 
So, uh, you know, uh, hopefully our voices are distinct enough. You'll be able to distinguish <laughs> between the two of us. You know, Michael's the smart one, and I'm the comedic, you know, the Costello sidekick. So. Aha, uh-huh, gotcha. Once again, thanks, thanks for all the kind words. No Thank problem. You, Dan. Okay. We'll talk Very to you good. later. Okay. Bye. Take care, guys. All right. All right. I think that went. I think that went relatively well. Yeah. <laughs> We're just gonna sit here and just go, "Wow!" for the next you know five and a half hours. Maybe hour. have a cigarette or something. <laughs> 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 uh, my my wife's gonna ask uh, I've been cheating with someone it was I swear it was Dan Jerkins it was just online it wasn't anything serious no uh, that That's was good. fun that was fun enjoyed the freedom of it mm-hmm. and it, it really made him more open to stuff so well then uh, say what yes but he can't come upstairs i'm recording right now bring him on the show give no. us some comics to read <laughs> no <laughs> trust you guys can play in the wee room okay and no, the Wii room isn't the bathroom. The I was I was gonna ask. I was gonna <laughs> Wii, ask. No, this isn't some sort of weird house that it's all covered in like plastic tarp. Or no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. no, it's it's where they have the the Nintendo Wii. Okay, so <laughs> that's going in outtakes, isn't it? Oh Lord! Note to self: Never go to Sean's, <laughs> Sean's house. house. Sean's house is covered in urine. Oh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right, well, let's finish up the show on that On note. that note, yes. <laughs> <laughs>